listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Hey everyone, we are back for season six of the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast. I'm your host, Marina Buxov, a functional medicine pharmacist and holistic herbal educator. I'll be sharing inspiring stories of my guests who have shifted into holistic modalities, both personally and professionally. My co-host, Dr. Jenna Carmichael, will be joining me to lead the Journal Club episodes to share an evidence-based approach to holistic and herbal medicine. I'm so glad you're here and hope you enjoy the show. It's always a joy to have incredible conversations with incredible people on this podcast. Today, I'm interviewing a dear colleague and co-author of the book, Beyond the Counter, and we discuss why it's so important to take care of your body and mind now. You're either paying for prevention now or treatment later. Dr. Melissa Hetrick, PharmD, is a clinical staff pharmacist and a sales coordinator at the Juice Plus company. She is currently a clinical pharmacist for the Integrative Care Coordination Team, a division of Population Health. She has previously practiced with the inpatient setting for the first 15 years of her career, focusing on areas such as pediatric, parenteral nutrition, operating room satellite, and IV compounding, as well as specializing in hematology oncology for the past five years. Dr. Hetrick guides hardworking women down a clear path of health and wellness, replacing unfavorable habits with simple changes to attain confidence and balance. Her dream is to help these women and their families learn how to prevent disease with food as their medicine rather than treating it with an overload of prescription medications. Tune into the episode to hear how even bad things can have silver linings and share this with a friend who may be struggling. Hi, welcome back to the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast. I have with me today, Melissa Hetrick, and she's a clinical pharmacist and advocate for self-care and nutrition. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm very happy and honored to be here. Yes, welcome, welcome. So let's start off with a question I ask everyone, which is really how your journey into pharmacy school began, where you grew up, and what inspired you to go into pharmacy. Okay, so I was born and raised in Pennsylvania. I still live here um, in a small town uh, called Northampton. And I, like some of the pharmacists I've listened to on your podcast, went into pharmacy because my mom told me to. I wanted to be a chemist and she said, what are you going to do with that? And I didn't know the answer. So I was that typical uh, teenager who did all the reviews and all the checklists to figure out what my career would be and what kind of areas I would do well in. So I ended up in pharmacy school because of her and she was right. (laughs) That's such a good answer. I think if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of us, you know, listen to our parents and our guidance counselors, but I think it's actually pretty um, wise for your age to actually do all the quizzes and the checklist and go that route too, because I feel like I only discovered um, all the books and the quizzes later on. And I was like, oh, I should have done it when I was going into school. (laughs) 
Yeah. So, so tell us about your pharmacy school experience. Was it everything that your mom told you it would be? And, uh, you know, how did you become a clinical pharmacist? So I went to school at Philadelphia College of Pharmacy, turned to the University of the Sciences. I believe it's now St. Joe's in Philadelphia. And I, it was a good school. I'm glad I chose that school you know, made wonderful friends, uh, pledged a sorority and a fraternity. And it was definitely a hard program, you know, and the shy kid that doesn't want anybody to see their grades. And I am still that pharmacist that if you ask me something on the spot, I freeze up and don't know the answer. But if I take a test, I will answer all the questions and get an A. So that's kind of my college career. Um, Philadelphia was a different experience. It's a beautiful city, but it is an interesting city. Uh, you know, walk here, don't walk here. That's kind of how our college life went. I think the college probably is more of um, a bigger setting now and offers a larger variety to students now than what it did when I was there. Yeah, awesome. But it did sound like you had some social experiences there and joined some clubs. So what would you recommend to pharmacy students going into school now? Like, is there a benefit to joining sororities and fraternities? I think the benefit of joining clubs for when you're going to school for a profession like pharmacy is because you need to stop and take the time to relax, to turn down and not always be focused on your grades and on high alert and study, study, study. So whatever kind of club or activity, even if you just have an exercise routine, I think that's amazing that we continue that through college. So that would be my advice for students entering a career in pharmacy. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I personally didn't have too much of a school social life, but I commuted to college, so I didn't live there. So it was, it was difficult. Um, but back home, I lived with my parents. I had a dance routine and I was part of a dance troupe for a number of years. Um, we performed places and, you know, we formed really good bonds and friendships. So I think that definitely helped me balance out my life, like you said. So tell us a little bit about your passion for self-care and nutrition. How did that arise out of a clinical pharmacy role? So I always loved helping people. I always loved being active. Um, my sister, who is my one of my business partners, will always say we grew up with healthy food. My mom kept us active. We would take aerobics classes, um, a throwback, you know, we would record videos on our VHS tapes that we took off the TV. And so I've always been interested in nutrition. And it's funny, I forget that one of my electives in college was a nutrition class. And the coolest thing was that the professor would just bring in food that he would make. Yeah, and it sounds cool. so much more useful now then I think in college, I just didn't get it. And I think there should have been more of that. Uh, so the self-care, I believe I just came upon getting to a point of realizing that I needed to slow down and my body was not functioning as it should. And my mind was not functioning as it should. And I started doing yoga 
started taking some cardio classes and then just my yoga path just continued to grow. So now I take at least one class of week that is instructional. And then I will usually do at least two other times on my own and um, meditations, hypnosis that I, I listen to recordings of other, I don't, I do not create my own, but that's, that's where my self-care is now. And I really love to advocate it for anybody, especially women and busy moms who don't think that they deserve to be a priority and take time for themselves. Yeah. I love that. As a mom, I could definitely relate to that. So how did you start to balance, you know, working as a clinical pharmacist? How, you know, how is that whole part of your life? And then versus your home life, your personal life, and then also throwing in some self-care. It's funny. One of my paths of coaches that I went through, I think I found her through meditation and I joined a program with her. And one of the things we focused on was time. I don't have time for that. I can't do that. I don't have time. But as a pharmacist, before joining her program, I had time to study for my board certification. And I thought to myself, I don't have time to make dinner. I don't have time to go for a walk. But I studied like crazy for six months. How did I do it? I obviously had time. Now, my husband has the opposite personality. So as a pharmacist, very type A, and he is type B, and we balance each other out. And he he helps me to understand it's not that you don't have the time. It's that it's okay to choose what you want to do with your time. And I, at some point along the way, really embraced it's okay to say no. So I'm, I'm, if I don't want to go somewhere, I, (laughs) I am not afraid to say no and tell someone, no, thank you. Maybe next time. I love that the power of no, and the power of setting a boundary and also realizing that not everything can be possibly a priority at any given time. So you have to always prioritize based on the situation. And as the needs change, priorities change and different needs arise. And so you're always staying in a homeostasis, right? Just like our body is responsible to balance whatever is going on internally. We are also able to balance and juggle what in our life needs to be played up or played down. Right. So, um, so what do you do in clinical pharmacy? And is that at all related to your advocacy for self-care and nutrition? So interestingly, yes, now it is. Um, it's not where I started in pharmacy. I actually only started in this position in population health back in September. And when I was interviewing and learning about the job, Um, the manager said, you know, this really seems to parallel what you're doing. And I said, I was thinking the same exact thing. Um, And the ironic part that I find is as I was beginning as a pharmacist, I was a staff pharmacist for several years in an inpatient pharmacy at a large hospital. And I did not like going on rounds. I did not like being out of the pharmacy, having to talk to anybody I would page a doctor that was sitting around the corner from me so I didn't have to go talk to him. And if I had done all those things, I'd be a little farther ahead now that I am um, 
So we're in population health and we have a team called Integrative Care Coordination. So it's a team of nurses, pharmacists, social workers, behavioral health workers, and we all come together and physicians to um, help manage the care of patients and get them, you know, we try to de-prescribe. Diet is an important part of the assessment, whether it can come from every any avenue, any um, practitioner. And we really do try to focus on the self-care of the patient and how can they help themselves to take better care of themselves. Yeah, it's like the old adage, if you teach a man to fish, right, they can then sustainably do that for themselves. They don't need to go to the market every day and get somebody else to catch the fish. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, so it's a lot more pragmatic, actually, to get people on board and involved. And, you know, it really starts with desire, right, and the desire to prioritize health versus leaning on, you know, the benefits, right? We do have benefits in the system and in the hospital to help people, but we don't want to lean on those. We just want to use them for extreme cases and emergencies, or at least that's my outlook on things. So um, tell us a little bit about, you know, being part of this team. And there's a lot of opinions nowadays about, you know, the legal uh, uh, scope of practice of different practitioners and providers and Pharmacists for a long time have been advocating for themselves having provider status. And then there's different state laws and jurisdictions regarding what we're allowed to counsel on. Can we talk about health as part of our license or not? So what's kind of been your team approach of who can talk about nutrition and self-care to patients? Hmm. Well, I will tell you what I know. I'm Because I'm still new, There's there's so much of it that I'm still not completely understanding of. Uh, I do know as part of our pharmacy assessment, we do ask about food, we ask about diet, exercise, um, caffeine intake. And what's really cool is we have a collaborative practice agreement with several of the doctor's offices for diabetes care. So we have four certified pharmacists on our team that are able to directly manage a patient's diabetes. And they are able to make the changes and the recommendations to the care of the patient without under the okay of the physician, but they are able to make those changes rather than some of the other areas that we try to cover. It is a recommendation to the physician and you, you know, hope that they are respectful of your pharmacy knowledge and What is really amazing about this team is it really is a team. I didn't understand it until I started. And you are sent a referral from somebody who, yes, already knows the importance of what you do, no matter what your role is on that team. And it really is, it's really amazing. And everybody reaches out to the other avenues and says, can you help me here? Can you know, this patient really needs this. Do you think that's something you can help them do? And I've really grown to appreciate it. It's it's really a cool place to be. Yeah, what you're describing and touching on is that it's actually really hard to separate healthcare into different buckets. I mean, we've gotten really good at that. Like this is, you know, under the doctor's jurisdiction, this is a nutritionist, uh, you know, this is a pharmacist, this is a nurse. But when we're talking about caring for an individual, a patient, 
we all have to collaborate together. And sometimes we overlap, you know, because we have to, because we're creating a system of checks and balances. So we have to know and practice a little bit outside of our direct scope in order to bridge the gaps with the other professions and providers. And so we kind of all should be a little aware, like nurses have to study pharmacology, right? And pharmacists know drugs and doctors know drugs because they're prescribing them. So there's a lot of overlap and it's so hard to distinguish sometimes, but as long as there's this uh, intention and collaboration and the interdisciplinary approach, which is, I think, something we've been trying to build within healthcare. And then there's also accessibility and continuity of care. I mean, I think that's kind of the goal. And it sounds like you have that where you currently are. And I think that's missing from a lot of places, which causes a lot of frustration and feeling uh, unfulfilled and un appreciated by a lot of pharmacists. So how do you feel um, like about the future of healthcare and pharmacist role? Like where do you see uh, roles like yours? Do you, do you envision like more of this coming online? And what's, what's kind of your vision that you would hope to be created out of these settings? I would probably say that most pharmacists that still practice routine regular pharmacy are ready for that ability to prescribe. There are so many different uh, areas that can prescribe now. And I think pharmacists are ready for that. I, you know, I would be happy to still have to be run under a physician, just like a nurse practitioner or physician's assistant. The role that I'm in now, I think one of the goals that my team has talked about and you know, that they would love to be able to do these collaborative agreements on different areas outside of just diabetes. There's so many long-term conditions that I'll just say in the United States, you know, because we're that's where we are, like that people suffer from. I mean, it's heart health month, heart disease. It's crazy how many people have high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Um, and just, you know, if we could manage that a little closer with the entire healthcare team, I think we could make a major change for people. And what do you think has to become the priority if we are to emphasize the importance of health and how can everybody, every professional and every individual do their part to create a healthier nation for us? As far as health in the healthcare field, the professionals, to me, the patient is always the primary goal. The patient is always the priority. I feel like we've come down a path where everything is so rushed and sometimes I think we don't take the time to listen to our patients. As far as the health of a nation, what we can all do Going back, I think that goes back to self-care too. Um, getting sleep, eating good food. I always say shopping the perimeter of the grocery store. That's where all your healthy stuff is. Managing stress. Um, safer products. We have so many safer products these days that, you know, use on your hair, use on your, your skin, your countertops, exercise. I think those things 
help to make each individual healthier. And that in part can help keep you out of your doctor's office. Yeah, I love that. And whose responsibility do you think it is to educate on these topics and encourage lifestyle? Because as we know, we are taught that non-pharmacological methods are part of the picture, but as the drug experts, we're always taught, okay, counsel on the drugs, right? So can we as pharmacists, you know, safely talk about these things or whose responsibility is it? I do think it's every healthcare professional's responsibility to talk about it. As far as the legality of what I'm allowed to talk about, I actually don't know the answer to that. Um, but I do try to, you know, if you can deprescribe and you can lower what somebody's taking by educating on diet, by sending someone to a diabetic center where they learn what should be on their plate and how many calories they should have and it's not bad to have carbs. You can have carbs, but this is how many you should have. And this is why we should put vegetables on our plate and what kind of vegetables. And I, I do just think at this point, it's every healthcare professional's responsibility. It's not the internet's responsibility. It's not a commercial's responsibility to let us know how we should behave. And I mean, it even goes past, I mean, that's a whole nother talk and it's not something I'm, um, super educated on, but like, that's the government's problem. Like, this is something that we should, that should be taught more. And it just, some of the quality of our food should just, it just shouldn't exist. People shouldn't have to fight to, and run out of money because they can't buy food and they can't buy healthy food. I absolutely agree. I mean, it has to start with awareness and education. So the more any individual and any provider knows about this, it then becomes the responsibility to share with others and educate others on these topics. But the root of the problem is so deep because it is nationwide, you know, and it does have to do with government focus and guidelines and how they spread awareness and education because we're only one person, you know, I'm an individual, you're an individual, and then we can work for separate, for companies and, you know, talk about the agendas of the companies, but for a larger scale impact, we do need, I think, a more centralized approach. Um, but it's not happening right now. So I think the best we could do is just advocate and reach as many people as we can reach and maybe lobby um, for bigger organizations and institutions to, to lobby on our behalf. Right. But yeah, I think it does become, become really integral to educate, you know, and then provide those resources, right? So for, for kids to be able to have healthier meals in school, not, you know, the stuff they, they feed them from like the frying and the canning and whatever else, however it's preserved. Um, and then, yeah, understanding that, it's not the carbs that are bad, but it's which kind of carbs and how are they processed and really also making sure that nobody's in a food desert and everybody has access and affordability for actual health promoting food and not junk food. Right. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. So how do you personally advocate for self-care and nutrition and how do you work with women? So I'm actually part of a uh, global nutrition company 
um, who offers whole food based products. And I got into that, this area and this business through my sister, as I sort of said before, but also from my own personal healthcare journey. Um, my husband and I had gone through a struggle with fertility. So we were doing several rounds of IVF and, uh, that's actually where my, where I started to feel that healthcare wasn't exactly what it should be. You know, you come out of school and you just love pharmacy and you love everything about medicine. And then some, you, you learn more along the way. And at some point you get disappointed and you're like, wait, can I fix this? Because if I'm an educated professional with a doctorate degree, what about the people that don't know the things I know? Then what happens? So I started um, with these whole food-based fruit and vegetable capsules to make myself healthier, to try to grow and um, have a baby. And eventually started, I joined the company, you know, uh, just as a cost savings. And then learned that at 40 years old, like these were my people. You know, we I just happened to say on here, all the the groups I joined in college and now I was 40 years old and I was like, wait, these are my people. These are, you know, it's a heart centered community. There's no haters. People come from all avenues and it is just an amazing educated community. And it's given me the vehicle to be able to share my mission and share my love of nutrition and self-care and just, you know, we, we, you said bridging the gap before, and I, I lit up because that's one of our mantras, bridging the gap between what we do eat and what we should be eating, because it's hard to get in all the fruits and veggies we should eat every day. So I'm not sure if I answered your question. You can repeat it if I did. <laughs> yeah, no, I love the passion. You know, I could really tell that everything that you're sharing is so personal and heartfelt and genuine. So I appreciate that. And I appreciate you sharing your journey. So like what's kind of next in your journey? Where are you, you know, going to take your uh, presence in this community? And how do you support women uh, through this line of products? So I love sitting down and talking to, and there, there are men, but I always say women because, you know, we connect more. I love hearing everyone's story and then helping them curate, um, a package of supplements and nutritional products that work well for them and sticking with them and checking in and helping them along the way. We have a lot of webinars in person, online events. We have social media platforms that we, can uh, continue to educate our community. What's next for me, I I think I would enjoy doing a nutrition certification class. I have, it's not something I've done yet because I, I think as pharmacists, we always want that next level. I need a certification, I need a certification. So I've just been trying to focus on myself and focus on what I know, but there is so much to learn about food. I. This community of female pharmacists that I have met, and that's how I met you, there are things, like, I have no idea what you do, and I would never, <laughs> it is just way above my head, and then you hear people talk about food, and I was, I'm like, always oh, like, wow, I really wish I understood that a little more, so that's on a personal level what I think I'd like to do, um, 
I always stay involved with my team and learning with the whole food products and sharing them. I can say at one point I was, I felt embarrassed to share about it because it's a direct sales company. And I started for fertility purposes and I was never able to get pregnant. So it was this big disconnect of how can I share this? How can I tell someone this works? I have no baby. So, you know, again, the self-care comes in, the coaches, the, you know, your community, uh, prayer, family. And I learned that that wasn't, that wasn't the end of my story. That wasn't what, I don't know how to say that, that wasn't the, that was just a small part. So everything is bigger than, you know, our little, our little lives. And I began to share more realizing that the more people I connect with, they connect with people and they connect with people and I can exponentially help people change and maybe even save someone's life. And with this, with building nutrition and whole foods and getting seven to 13 servings of fruits and vegetables every day, it's another way we can de-prescribe. Maybe you don't need your diabetes meds. Maybe you don't need your blood pressure or your cholesterol meds. Maybe your knees don't hurt because you lost weight because you started eating more salads. It's just, it's, it's really, really a cool, I really love it. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And I'm actually in a program now called positive intelligence coaching and what we're learning. And I mean, I'm sure this is available in other programs and philosophies, but essentially that anything negative also has a positive sign. You know, it, there's a the yin and the yang and there, every cloud has a silver lining where anything that could be perceived as a bad event in your life, you can also see a direct good outcome from that bad thing. Right. And you could turn it around. And it sounds like that's exactly what you're doing. And even if, you know, something that you really wanted didn't work out, that doesn't mean it's the end of your story. That means that you use that to inspire in sharing the impact that you're creating to all these other women and people. And just because this product or this line of products didn't get you the result that you wanted, neither did modern medicine, right? True. <laughs> so it's, True. It, who can say, you know, what was the, what, what was supposed to happen and if it's good or bad, I mean, it's really hard to judge, but it, you know, it can feel like it's something that was disappointing because you wanted it and it didn't happen, but you can also turn around and again, continue the work and continue learning about all the benefits. And just like you can focus on what didn't work, you can also focus on what you said about what did work, right? Like give us some examples of people or, you know, conditions that they came to you with. And as a result of the products, maybe there was a shift. So what's funny and why I kept using it was for me personally, I realized I, I had and increased energy more in a sense of, I didn't need an afternoon coffee. I didn't need a pick me up. I didn't need chocolate. You know, now I just want it. Um, and I don't even drink caffeine anymore. And I noticed my skin was clearer. You know, I, I always had clear skin, but I noticed my skin was clearer. And so that's what kept me going. And then realizing 
the other people that were using this. And I was like, well, that person's a marathon runner. I mean, they must know something more than me. Uh, for my family, I know my sister really after a while began to experience relief to her seasonal allergies. Now they're not gone, but she one day she opened a, a window in her house and was and realized, oh wow, I can still breathe. And as I had mentioned about diabetes, that is actually something that happened with my dad. My dad was labeled as pre-diabetic for years. Uh, my younger sister is a pediatrician. I'm a pharmacist. My other sister is a teacher, so we're all educated. And nothing could tell him to change his diet until my stepmother was like, we're changing our diet. We're doing nutrition. They both lost weight. And with the supplement of whole food in a capsule and adding fruits and veggies and berries to his diet, he was able to drop his cholesterol level, his blood pressure levels, never had to start on any diabetic medications. And to me, that's a win. That That's a major win. And um, I, I just think that's amazing. All of these are major, major wins, it sounds like. And what we're learning like in functional medicine is essentially we just, like you said, don't have enough in our food due to a lot of factors of toxicity and depleting uh, our soils of minerals and mono farming and cropping and all of that. So there's a lot of factors against us, but the fact that we're depleted of these nutrients and also drugs deplete nutrients and junk food depletes nutrients, you know, and fried food and et cetera, and the list goes on. So it's essential that we get enough nutrients so if we're not getting enough from our food, we can only maximize our diet so much. And it's great to do that. And that's the pillar and the staple and must be done. But also sometimes you do need additional help. So, so whether that's from herbs, which is my specialty, or from whole food supplements, um, you know, there's, there's ways that we can actually support and bridging that gap that we talked about. And then the other thing is detoxification, which also requires nutrients. So either way you, you look at it, your body needs to have optimal nutrition in and then optimal detoxification out. And we need proper nutrients in order to accomplish all those things. So I think whichever way that we can maximally support all those pathways, you know, and what works for people with the modern lifestyles is what we need to focus on. So, um, so I want to thank you for again, opening up and what you shared the empirical evidence, right. Of your family's experiences and your own experiences speaks volumes because it's not just a statistic. It's literally, you see it, you feel it, you live it. And I actually really value and honor that type of evidence, which is why I also love that herbalism can give us that authority and agency and autonomy to see and experience it for ourselves because they are pretty accessible. Uh, you know, the, the herbs are all around us. So I want to just ask you, Melissa, to reflect on what you shared with us today, your journey, your career, all your accomplishments. And can you think of what you're most proud of yourself along this journey for? Oh, wow. <laughs> Big question for the end. Uh, you know what? I don't know if it's just career-based, but I think believing in myself and taking the time to focus on myself 
And that is something I would recommend to any woman who wants to try to be active outside of her field, wants to be an entrepreneur, takes the time to slow down and just let the universe talk to you. Let let the world tell you what you're meant to do and just listen. The answers are there. We just go, go, go and just don't hear it. And I, I did want to say, um, you know, when I started pharmacy and as I was a, as a pharmacist, I always thought it was so cool how many areas pharmacists worked in. Like a lot of people still just think pharmacists work in CVS. <laughs> you know, previously I worked in an infusion center and, you know, the pharmacy's in the back and I would come out and they're like, who are you? Where did you come from? Why are you in scrubs? And I'm like, I just made your drugs. Um, you know, and then getting into entrepreneurship and learning all the different areas like functional medicine or, you know, hypnotherapy, or there are so many avenues of pharmacy, like it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and it just blows my mind. So I think slowing down and listening and taking the time with yourself really can can really have a huge impact. And I'm just proud of myself that I've stuck with that journey of self-care and listen to myself and just, I keep going. Things are hard, but you just keep going. And I don't, I don't know the end result. I don't know if any of my businesses are just a vessel to get me somewhere else, but I'm open to see what's going to happen. I love that. So prioritizing time for sacred reflection and on the note of looking over your trajectory and career, looking back, would you change anything along the way? Like completing a residency or going into pharmacy in the first place or any of the steps and the hardships, like maybe you choose nutrition from the get-go or um, <laughs> yeah, what would you change if anything? I do think dietitians are pretty cool. I, I love the things that they know. Um, but I don't know that I would change because I've learned so much. I I do wish I would have done a residency at the time. I thought I am done. I've done six years of school. I just want to go home. I, I just want to be at home. Uh, but I think pharmacy residencies are so jam-packed with info and they're hard. I wouldn't want to do that part, but you learn so much. And if I could change one other thing, I would tell myself to not be shy and not be worried. I used to be so worried that I didn't know everything. And as pharmacists, we just need to know where to find the answer. It's okay to not know something immediately. That's I'm not that person and I'll never be that person. Um, there, There's a special place for someone that that can, you know, answer your questions right off the top and can list guidelines. And I'm okay with that. I'm not that person. Every, every pharmacist adds something different to the profession, but I would tell myself not to be scared to go on rounds and just go do it. I love that. And you've kind of taken us full circle with how we started this conversation. So Melissa, it's been an absolute blast having you on. If you have just one to two minutes, I would love to do a rapid round fire questions. Thank you so much for having me. I feel so honored. Thank you. Okay. So, um, so question number one is 
what would be the number one thing somebody could do right now to increase and enhance their quality of life? Start exercising, start moving, move. 15 minutes a day, walk around the block, take a set of stairs, park farther away, just start one, one step at a time and just start a new daily habit. You have to start small to make big changes. Perfect. And question number two, what's your favorite hobby? <laughs> well, that's funny. This didn't actually come up. So I, um, I am a cat foster. I foster cats and I volunteer with an animal rescue. So, you know, it's always been a joke. I grew up with cats, you know, cat lady. I talked about cats and then this is where it took me. And it's been a really, really, really cool ride. I've probably had 50 to hundred cats in foster care that have come through my house and, you know, you go through medical problems with them, all, all kinds of different things, mean cats, nice cats, fat cats, little cats. And, uh, it's just really been quite an experience. And so that, that's what I do with a lot of my time. And that is my end goal of, uh, having time and financial freedom that I can direct more of that time there as a hobby, as maybe more than a hobby one day. Wow. Yeah. That's really special. I mean, that's a lot of love and caring for <laughs> not only other people, but animals. Um, so I love that. And finally, what's your favorite meal that you like to either eat or cook? Hmm. So I know something I, snacks, I usually try to balance like a protein with a, a fruit or something. So like peanut butter and an apple, peanut butter and a banana. I will say the one thing I've been doing a lot of because I try to meal prep is overnight oats. I think they're just super creative. You can prep for a whole week. My husband will take them. So that that's a win. And I, you know, I add protein powder. I add a little sugar-free peanut butter. So that's probably my go-to meal because it keeps me full and stops me from snacking. Yeah, I love that too. And as a bonus, I add in like a bunch of other powders and, and good nutrients in there. It's a pretty good vehicle because you can... Um, you can hide the taste of some stuff with oatmeal. <laughs> oh, excellent. I would love some time to know what you add. Yeah. And, and I should actually add, I love salads that somebody else created. Somebody else always makes a better salad than you, <laughs> than me. <laughs> I have to agree with you there. I mean, I've made some pretty good salads, but usually the best ones are when you go somewhere else and they chop it all, all nice <laughs> and add a bunch Definitely. of stuff. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us. Let us know how we can support your work, how we can learn more about you, get in touch and share about the book that you were in recently. Yes. So, oh, I love talking about that book. So you can find me on social media platforms. I'm on um, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram under my name, my full name, Melissa Hetrick. Uh, you can also email me at Melissa underscore healthy habits at outlook.com. And my sister and I are trying to start up a YouTube page. So you can find us there at health, healthy habits with the sisters. And we upload sometimes funny videos. We have a funny little skit we do with each other and uh, healthy videos, short snippets. So those are some of the places you can find me.
Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And did you want to share about the book? Oh, yes. Um, so the book uh, about pharmacy entrepreneurs, and I have it if you want me to. Yeah, go for it. That is behind me. Oh, there's a tabby on the front. So uh, moving beyond the counter, elevating into heart-centered heart-centered healthcare through entrepreneurship. So this was an amazing experience. I loved meeting everybody and reading everybody's stories. So it is 19 pharmacists that contributed to the book with the author, uh, Christina Fontana. And she opens the book magically like she does all of her work with just diving into yourself and diving into how you can make yourself better and the avenues to do that. And then each pharmacist shares their, their specialty, their struggle, how they got there, what they love to share, how they help their clients and what being a heart-centered healthcare uh, practitioner means to them. And I just, that is my favorite part of the book. I am just enjoying reading everybody's stories. It's just, it's so fantastic to see the thing these women are doing. Yes, absolutely. Well, Melissa, thank you for sharing your story with us today and, you know, really taking us through what you learned along the way and what you would change, if anything, and what you're most proud of. I think that was just a really wonderful reflection. Um, and, and we touched on how important reflection is. So thank you so much again for your work. And it was great to meet you in person at the tea party through the book and uh, I hope to keep in touch. Thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on here and letting me share my story. Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, have a great day and I'll see you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to the Holistic Pharmacy Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you learned something new from it, I'd love if you could leave us a five-star review and share it with a friend who might love it too. You can find me on any of the podcast and social media platforms by looking up Holistic Pharmacist or Dr. Marina Booksov. Thank you for your support and see you next time.